Welcome to this God-inspired message from Shofar Christian Church. Enjoy today's message. May you experience the presence of our Father and may you grow deeper in your relationship with Him. We had great fun yesterday. I, I hope it's not only me that had great fun. Um, who attended the, the um, yeah, marriage enrichment? Praise God. We are looking out for you and see how you will help this town heal, eh? Amen. I am very blessed with the word that God gave me. It's more... Um, a teaching tonight than a preaching. In Indonesia, they say, Ibu, we want teaching preaching. <laughs> so I will try to do a teaching preaching tonight. We started off Wednesday evening with a relationship week, speaking about how God desires that every marriage will be an abode for him, a dwelling place. And how he, um, he really just came to restore us, not only to save us, but to restore us as his house and to restore us in his presence. And yesterday, we had very sincere and very um, deep uh, um, talks about marriage relationship, how to deal with the woundedness. Um, God led me to speak a lot into the heart of the men that came and to show them how amazing God has created every man and the authority that the Lord has placed in you. And yes, I was deeply blessed by the vulnerability of your hearts and how the couples just open up and say, Lord, but this is what we want. We want to be a healthy, healed, um, mature couple to bring the message to our community and wherever God will send us. So I've, I'm always in a kind of a struggle with God. God, what is your word for tonight? What is the word that they need to hear? That will help us to grow and to mature. And you see the thing that we need to understand about God is he gave us five gifts. When Jesus went to heaven to be on the right hand of the Father, the ascension gifts, the fivefold ministry people um, refer to. And the word of God says in Ephesians 4, it is for the equipping of the saints to the full measure of the stature of Christ, to full maturity. And the keys that God gave me, you have heard right tonight in intercession, will help us to grow to full maturity, also in our relationships. Many times when I look at couples, I love to look at couples because my heart is so sold out to see we as couples grow into each other, really meet each other in a place of unity in the Spirit where we can truly unite with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So sometimes when I look at couples, the thought that comes to my mind is that of friendly enemies. Do you know people that's married but they are friendly enemies? 
They are fighting each other. Every so often. But tonight, I want to give you keys from Ephesians 5 to build a lovely, loving relationship. God is a relational God. For Him, it's very important that we will be relational with Him. And from that relationship, He wants us to become like a river of loveliness, of lovingness, building relationships on the principles that He gave to us in the Word. And Ephesians 5 is a, is a chapter in the Bible that Paul wrote, and we know it very well because of the one scripture that says, Women, thou should submit <laughs> to your own husband. And it is true. But the verses that leads up to the instructions that Paul gave us on how to build a happy, loving relationship in marriage is actually a very important instruction. There's three keys that the Word gives us. And God's desire for us is that we will find Him in the three keys before we find our marriage partner. And that when we find our marriage partner as children of God, and I know I will sketch a picture of the perfect marriage, and we understand that there is redemption in Christ. We understand that this will guide us if you still struggle how to get out of trouble into a lovely relationship with your wife or your husband. So what I said now is very important because it's a specific thought that God has placed in my heart for you. And this is that God's dream for us, and, and it's also for the young people that's not married yet. I was so glad when I saw young, um, uh, young men walking in because this is specifically, I think, for you tonight. Is that you will find God in the keys before you find your marriage partner. The first one we find in Ephesians 5, verse 1 and 2. And I call it living in God's love. Be imitators of God in everything you do, for then you will represent your Father as His beloved son, sons and daughters. And continue to walk surrendered to the extravagant love of Christ. For he surrendered his life as a sacrifice for us. His great love for us was pleasing to God. Like an aroma of adoration. A sweet healing fragrance. This is the Passion Translation, and I use this because there's specific words in, 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 in verse 2 that I think is key for us to understand. God's heart, when he gave Jesus, was to bring healing to a broken world. Not only to save us. 
He came to seek and save the lost. He found me. I was so desperately lost. But he did not only find me. The day when I opened my heart to him, the sweet healing fragrance, Jesus Christ, entered the brokenness. And every broken place in my life that I opened up for that sweet fragrance to enter. And I found something that we can run to many counselors, and it's good to see people that spirit-filled and spirit-led for counsel. Nothing wrong. The body is there for each other. But the day when I discovered Holy Spirit as my counselor, my life started to change. And, and God in his wisdom wanted us to meet up with Holy Spirit as counselor, with Jesus, our healer, before we would meet up with our marriage partners. The amazing thing about Ephesians 5 to me, as I meditated on this chapter and the past days, is that God, in verse 1 and 2, gave the, um, the open door, the way out, the key to deal with sexual immorality and everything thing that he explains from verse 3 and on. I don't want to elaborate on that tonight because I want to elaborate on the keys he gave, living in God's love. I started out on Wednesday evening by quoting Ephesians 2 verse 19 to 22, but verse 22 says, in him and in fellowship with one another, you yourselves also are being built up into the structure with a rest to form a fixed abode, a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. And it's so clear to me tonight, even clearer than Wednesday evening, that living in God's love is the only way to build this dwelling place for Him, to become an abode for Him, to become a place where he is so welcome to come and stay. So Ephesians 3, 15, um, is, uh, verse 15 to, to 16, is a prayer that Paul prayed. And, and he said, the perfect father of every father and, and child in heaven and on earth. And then, and then he says, and he pray a prayer, and this is my prayer for tonight. And I pray that he would unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. This is my prayer tonight. This is my opening prayer. As we will continue, that the dunamis power of Holy Spirit, the divine might, the spirit of might will come and open up the keys to you so that you can go back and build the loving relationship that God desires because it starts with us in family and then our family relationship 
that, that flows from our relationship with Father and Son and Holy Spirit will bring us to a solid, healthy relationship with the people in our workplace, with the people in our towns, and those we will meet up with. This is the beginning of happy communities. This is the beginning of a happy, loving marriage. There is actually no other way. In 2 Corinthians 2.15, the word says, we have become the unmistakable aroma of the victory of the anointed one, Jesus, to God. A perfume of life to those being saved and an odor of death to those who are perishing. And just to come back to Ephesians 5, verse 2, the, the last part, um, where the word says, His great love for us was pleasing to God. Jesus became the fragrance that pleased the Father, the second Adam, the first man that could bring a fragrance before the throne of God that was pleasing. After we lost it in the Garden of Eden was the second, second Adam, Jesus. He made the way for us. He paved the way for us. And also to tap into the sweet healing fragrance of what he has done on the cross. But then Paul came in 2 Corinthians 2.15 and he brings so much hope to us. And, and he actually... Inform us, if you didn't know this before, that unmistakably we are an aroma of victory of the anointed one of what Jesus did on the cross. And that God the Father so desire that we will become the fragrance of Christ Jesus unto his nostrils. It's possible because Jesus made the way. And then the word says in the other translation, unto the saved and the unsaved. For the saved, your wonderful aroma of, of the healing you received and the salvation you received and the victory you received and how you bring this honor to him become a beautiful testimony to those in the house of God that's already said, yes, Amanda said yes. She gave her wounds to Jesus. And look what happened. It's no more shame. It's no more brokenness. It's no more guilt. It's no more condemnation. But look at the fragrance. But to the unsaved, those who resist God, those who resist the cross work of the Lord, it is a fragrance unto death. Because your victory will remind them of the stench of hell. And the Lord says the first key for us to build a loving relationship is to live in God's love. It is to open your heart and receive everything he has paid for on the cross. The second key we find in verse 7, and, and living in God's light. Don't listen to them. Or live like them at all. Once your life was full of sin and darkness. But now you have the very light of our Lord shining through you. Because of your union with him. 
Your mission is to live as children flooded with his revelation light. God wants us to know his word by revelation, by Rima, not only by Logos. I think every intellectual can memorize scripture. But only those who open their hearts for the revealing power of Holy Spirit will receive revelation light. Like in, in Ephesians 5, where the word of God is, is structured and it is in order and, and it gives us an, a clue. You cannot receive my light unless you receive my love. You cannot receive revelation light unless you open your heart for my love, which is a light. The light. And if we want to build loving relationships, we not only need to live in the love of God, but in the light of God. Psalm 36 verse 9 says, speaks of the fountain of life. And in his light, we see light. We need to find him as, as a fountain of life. And then, when we found him as the life, in his light, we can see light. And this is what Ephesians 7 is speaking about. And, and in verse 9, the word says, And the supernatural fruits of his light will be seen in you. It is a supernatural working of the Holy Spirit when we start to develop the fruit of the Spirit. Love, patience. Nine of them. Without the salvation and, and renewing of our spirit man, it's not possible to bear the supernatural fruit that comes by the light of the love of the Lord. And the word says your goodness and righteousness and truth. And verse 10 says, then you will learn to choose what is beautiful to our Lord. Think about it. Think about it. Your choices can be beautiful to God. Many times when I think about people, and I work a lot of broken women, and on the 9th of August, one of the dreams I had for my town will come to fulfillment, and that was to take some of the broken souls and help them to heal, and then teach them to tell their stories. Teach them how to share their testimonies. Teach them how to grow strong in the Lord. And 9th of August, in Standerton, and I didn't have a mark for myself, for us, brave women celebration on the 9th of, of August. Extraordinary women will share the stories. And the one is one of our spiritual daughters. She survived two gunpoint um, uh, um, uh, robberies. And you know what? She overcame the fear. She overcame the terror. And she's a little warrior today. But Why? She had to open that place was, that was so fearful for the love of God. And she had to start living in the love. And then she had to allow the light of God into the dark corners that just came back 
and, and try to overwhelm her. And she had to be brave and say, no, Lord, but I want your light. I want this union with you and your spirit. I want your spirit to guide me. I want your spirit to lead me, even to dangerous places, because she works with me now. And she, I can trust her. Because she overcame the dark light. The word of God says, be careful that the light in you is not a dark light. We want the light of the word. The living in God's light is taking action. It's bringing the word of God to the darkness in us that came because we did not love him in that area. So as we invite the love, as we invite the light, our relationship with him restore. And that is why our relationship with our spouses, husbands and wives and children can restore. It can. It's possible. The third key is living in God's wisdom. I love this. Ephesians 5, 5 verse 15 and 16, the word says, So be very careful how you live, not being like those with no understanding, but live honorably with true wisdom, for we are living in evil times. Take full advantage of every day as you spend your life for his purpose. And in living in God's wisdom is so important for us. Um, I just want to go to Proverbs 24.3. It's a key. You know, many people say, and we are talking about relationship this week. We are talking marriage, how to build a strong marriage, how to build a strong love in marriage. And many people think intimacy is the key. Love is the key. But Proverbs gives us a different key. And, and Proverbs 24.3 says, Through wisdom a house is built, not through love. And by understanding it is established. By knowledge the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. And in this case, riches is truly earthly stuff we need. So, to go back to living in God's wisdom in verse 15 and 16, where the word says, so be very careful how you live. Not being like those with no understanding. So now we received the love of God and we started to live in his presence and in his love. And the light came and it started to light us up and to show us the darkness. And we can start to walk in his light. Because it's in his light that we see light. And the third key, before Paul starts to speak about marriage, is the wisdom of God and understanding. And love is a decision. We will look at love later on a bit more intense or in depth. Love is a decision, it's not an emotion. But before we can walk in love... We need to understand how to do it. We need wisdom. When your son is naughty, you need wisdom how to guide him in love. Isn't that true? And this is what God is trying to say to us tonight. Is that even before we can think to, 
to search for our marriage partner. We need to search God in understanding how to treat your marriage partner. We need to search God and ask him for true wisdom how to lead, how to support, how to serve your man or your wife. I remember my younger son, Esper, he's a dreamer like his mom, and he asked God a lot of questions like myself. And, and he was like a little uh, uh, in grade eight. And he came to me one day and he said, Mom, you know, I'm thinking about my wife and, and I'm not sure. Do you think she must work or must I rather get her a good hobby? <laughs> and he just continued and he said, Mom, you know, I'm thinking about this. Do you think she will need a big car like you or must I buy a sport model? And I said, Esper, you know what? I think what you need to do is get to know God properly. And he will give you the answers. Because he knows who he's got in store for you. And this is what God is speaking about. We try to build our marriage and build loving relationships by loving each other. By giving your partner something when she don't need it. <laughs> or you don't need it. While she maybe needs wisdom and guidance. I told the, the group yesterday, I had an invitation to minister in Uganda, Rwanda, and Burundi. And I'm so excited because, yay, yay, the gospel. But my husband is my, my um, barometer. I ask God to speak through him when I need to make difficult decisions. And I went to him and I say. What do you think? Africa missions, Africa missions invited me. And, and he came back two or three or four times and he said, I don't think this time. So I went to God and I said, Lord, I'm so thankful. I don't know what was waiting because I would have made an emotional decision. It just seems so good to preach the gospel in Uganda or Rwanda or Burundi. And then God came with a real deal and a place where I should go and minister. And we need the wisdom of God. We need understanding and we need to establish ourselves in the knowledge of the Lord so that when we need wisdom from each other, the wisdom from above will be available, not emotions. Amen? So the Lord gave us the three keys. Living in the love of God, in the light of God, and living in wisdom. So this leads us to a loving relationship. And he explains the relationship in, in Ephesians 5. I want to do it in a different way tonight. I want to apply the three keys so that we can understand how to go and live it out. So verse 21 Submit to one another out of the reverence for Christ. So think about it. Now, I am living in the love of God. I walk in the light of God. And I have the wisdom of the Lord. Don't you think it will be much easier to reverently submit to each other? Because the presence of the Lord in me and the presence of the Lord in my spouse will allow us to submit 
even when situations is a bit out of control. Rather, be, submit to God then. So God, we submit to your will. What does the word say? Because reverence and reverence for God, in, it includes love, it includes his light, and it includes the wisdom. So now it's not so far-fetched. Because when we say to, to young couples, submit to each other with a reverence, sometimes you see big eyes. And you know what? We minister to couples my age, 32 years married this year, that also look you with big eyes. Because they never met up with wisdom. They never met up. They never opened up for the revelation light of God to bring the revelation, the knowledge, the understanding of actually how to live a loving, in a loving relationship together. My husband came to me the other day and he said he met a couple and he said, you know, it's so weird. They don't talk to each other. It is so weird. They don't sit near each other. And what seems so um, I mean, natural to you is a wound in the person that you will have to minister to. So we need to understand how to bring the wounded people to a place of healing so that at last they can have a loving relationship. Verse 22, 23 says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, just as Christ is the head of the church, his body of which he is the Savior. Now, verse 24, now, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Think about the scripture, as the church submits to Christ. Let's dream with God. Say, for instance, every married couple in this room has a loving relationship. What will the church look like? What will be the impact that we as a church can make in this city of Secunda? Don't you think if the love of God, the light of God and his wisdom dwelt in us and it indwells the spirit of marriage, we would be powerful in prayer when we pray for the lost souls out there. We would be because of the unity between us, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. His love is already there. When we pray, we pray from out of loving relationship with God, from out of loving relationship with each other, and we pray for the broken marriages in town. Don't you think our prayers will impact a city? We need the love of God. We need the light of God. And we need wisdom. This is the key. Now, in 1 Peter 3, 1, and 1 Peter 3, verse 1 and 2, the word says, And now let me speak to the wives. Be devoted to your own husbands, so that even if some of them do not obey the word of God, your kind conduct may win them over without you saying a thing. For when they observe your pure, godly life before God, it will impact them deeply. So why did I add the scripture? 
Because I work with many women who serve God and their husbands are still living ungodly lifestyles. But the word of God brings so much hope in 1 Peter 3 verse 1 and 2 to women today and tonight that serve God, that open your heart for God and for his love, for his light and for uh, his wisdom just by keeping quiet and live a godly life will show your husband the way. It will be a light to his path. Your life will become the light. Your life will be show him wisdom. Now to the men, in verse 25, the word says, And to the husbands, you are to demonstrate love for your wives with the same tender devotion that Christ demonstrated to us, his bride. For he died for us, sacrificing himself, verse 26, to make us holy and pure and cleansing us through the showering, washing of the pure water of the word of God, verse 27. All that it does in us is designed to make us a mature church for his pleasure until we become a source of praise to him, glorious and radiant and beautiful and holy, without fault or flaw. Or, or the other translation says, without spot, wrinkle or blemish. Now, think about this. Many times when I say to men, men, you have this amazing DNA in you. You can love one wife like Christ loves the church. Christ has imparted in you his DNA, the ability to care for your wife the way he cares for his church. It's such an authority. Think about it. If you connect with the love of God before you even think about girls, what would, how it would change your lifestyle, if you would meet up with the light of the Lord before your eyes went Look at her. I mean, I always say, Adam, when God brought Eve to him, I think for two light years, he was just dumbstruck because of this most beautiful creature that the Lord personally built for Adam. If you started to live in the light of God before your mind and your thoughts and your resources, your finances were dedicated to a woman, what would have happened? And we have the opportunity to restore ourselves and to teach a next generation the truth. Because our eyes, our minds, our whole being should be set on the next generation. We've done the teaching from Malachi 2.15, the previous time when I preached, where God asked the question, why did he create Adam and Eve as a unit from one breath, one lump of clay? And he answered for, an, for a godly generation, for godly offspring. So whatever we learn concerning relationship, concerning the word, we must always have the next generation in our mind's eye because it's important to God. So Adam, you need the love of God to be able to love one woman, one wife, your wife, your woman as Christ loves the church. 
if you have, don't have a love relationship with God at this moment, make it a priority in your life to connect your heart with the heart of the Father and the heart of the Son and to open yourself to Holy Spirit because the Word of God is in Romans 5. It is the Spirit of God that imparts and pours out the love of God in you. Without Holy Spirit, it's not possible. Open yourself up. And this is the thing about loving the way Jesus loves. You are working alongside Christ, with Christ Jesus, to prepare the bride of Christ. To lead the bride to a place of maturity and to full maturity. God connects a loving relationship in marriage directly to the maturity of the church. So when we walk into, and we are the church, this building is not the church. So when I walk into a home, I always taste the atmosphere of the home. Because the atmosphere will show me what is spiritually going on in the marriage, in the family. Sometimes you walk into a place and it's such a war zone. And you have to do battle. I sleep in homes. When we minister, I love to sleep in homes. And the first night is most of the times a battlefield. To battle for them. To bring the atmosphere to submission of Christ. To subdue the atmosphere of violence and whatever. God will reveal to me, to, to the loving Father. So that I can start to think sober and come to the revelation that they are not in a normal marriage. It is not normal to fight. It is not normal to shout. It is not normal to go out and, and, and draw with the boys and have fun with other girls wherever and then come back to your home. It's not normal. It's abnormal for a Christian. It's normal if we don't know Jesus. Always remember, outside of Christ, we cannot make these decisions. So it's not a judgment. We should show the way to a broken world and broken marriages. That's why I make it my work to fight for marriages. Because it pleases the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He came for a marriage. He will come back for the biggest wedding party we can dream about. And I know it's difficult for men to dream about the, the day, but you will wear a wedding dress if you don't have one. God's going to be very angry with you because the Word says He provided the dress. Well, now you and I tell the story about the, 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 the um, wedding ceremony where the guy came without his dress. They didn't say a girl came without a dress. And the landlord was very angry, he threw him out because he said, I supplied the wedding dress. So sorry for you, you need to understand how to be a bride before you can make your wife a bride, okay? It's important. In 1 Peter 3, 7, the word says, Husbands, you in turn must treat your wives with tenderness. I love this word because I know it. 
in my marriage. I'm so blessed. God, help us to work through all the barriers and all the blocks to a place where I can honestly say we broke through and I do experience a true tenderness. Viewing them as feminine, a feminine partners who deserve to be honored. For they are co-heirs with you of the divine grace of life. And then the Lord says something here, and he says, so that nothing will hinder your prayers. You know, God plays such an authority in you as men. I absolutely, I'm absolutely honor men. Because Christ in you, Christ in you made it possible to love your wife the way Christ loves the church. And because he gave you this extreme authority, he placed also a huge thing on you to make sure that you sort out your hands before God daily. So God, if I maybe talk harshly with my wife or I didn't treat her right, because the Lord didn't say yeah, any other sin, and I will not hinder, I will not hear your prayers. He He bring it directly in connection with tenderness and how husbands treat their wives. So, what do you think about South Africa? Think about South Africa. We come again, and we go through a time and a period of restoration, and then we say we want a million men. Don't you think God will answer more prayers? If we become so in love with God that we would want to be in right standing with him by treating our wives the way Christ treats his wife. Can I go amen, cry? And this is what God thinks about you. I just want to, I think I will, I, I could, lekker. I want to, you know what? God created marriage for his pleasure. He created marriage to be a portrait of Christ and the bride. Your marriage matters to God. Maybe you don't feel like that tonight. But I promise you, your marriage matters to God. And he will fight for you as a warrior king. If you allow him to fight for you. But what we want to do, we want to manipulate our partners to change the way we think they should look. Unity is not uniformity. Unity in, the, in marriage is to unite with the spirit, the purposes, and the mandate that God gave to my husband and to my wife. And in that mandate, we find our redemptive purpose as a couple. Your natural gifts as a husband and your natural gifts as a wife will direct you in what them, your uh, redemptive purpose um, is supposed to be as a couple. God did not say, change the natural gifts in Amanda or change the natural gifts in Borent so that it can serve my purposes. We need to find him in unity, in the spirit, and inquire from God. We prayed over our sons. Praise God at that stage we had the revelation that our lineage has a redemptive 
direction we should go. And every son has a redemptive gift. And we prayed and we asked God. At the age of six and a half and seven and a half, a bit late, but anyway, we did it. And both of them are working in the, in the fields that God has revealed to us as parents at that age. As a family, we should be purposeful in our mandate that God gave us. First of all, to us as a couple, what do we need to do for God on earth? What is our purpose? We are absolutely created for his pleasure. Now in the word love, I want to very shortly describe the word love to you. Um, the root word is ahav. It's spelled with Aleph, Hay, and Bet, the three alphabet letters. Aleph is Jesus, the Alpha and the Omega. So the first letter is Aleph. Reminds us that we are to love God first. Exactly what Ephesians 1, verse 1 and 2 says. Find his love first. Love him first. Then, hey, is the fifth letter of the alphabet, and it's a picture of loving God with your thoughts, your deeds, and your words. Shows us to express that love by confirming our, to conforming our thoughts, words, and deeds to the word of God. Speaks of walking in the light. Isn't this amazing? speaks of walking in the light, allowing the light to conform our minds, our deeds, and our words to that of God. John 14, 15 says, If you love me, you will keep my commandments. Jesus answered him, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word, and my Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. And we said God's ultimate dream for us is that we will become a dwelling place. So what do we need? Aleph, make him the Alpha and Omega. Hey, conform our minds, deeds, words to that of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. That is what the word says. And the third letter um, is uh, um, when love uh, is, is bet. I will Ja, bed. Ek sal nou kom by bed. When love is directed first to God, then bed, B-E-I-T, is a picture of a house. A house is built to sustain His presence. So love is uh, the three alphabet, the three Hebrew letters, olive, hey bed. Make God your first love. It will transform his light will transform your thought patterns, your deeds, and your words. And then you will become a house for God. This is what love really means. Agape, to love the way Christ loves us. So I want to, to, to close uh, with the last scriptures from Ephesians 5. Verse 28 says, In the same way husbands ought to love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. Indeed, no one ever hated his own body, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. For we are members of his body. And again, I am so blessed by how God sees you as men. 
The fact that he gave you this amazing responsibility, and that is to cherish and to nourish one wife. The word nourish means to provide for and to bring up to maturity. Now, God's dream is that the church will be a mature bride. Is that true? And his, his dream is that we as marriage couples will be a, a mirror of the, the relationship between Christ and his bride. Is that true? And God gave you a, a second ability. Not only to love the way Christ loves, but by leading your wife, by ministering her the word of God, by praying for, for her, you can lead your wife to full maturity in Christ. This will take many troubles out of marriage. Because you see what I found, women pray for men. But I'm very, very sad to say tonight, I've, in a two-year period, ministered to more than 30 um, leadership, couples in leadership, whether cell leaders, pastors, and not one ministered the word of God to their wives in private. Not one couple, not one. Because we did not have the understanding. And what do we need to build? Wisdom and understanding that it's important to stop and sit the wife at the feet of a husband and say, teach me, I don't understand this emotional stuff in me. How do I get rid of this? God has placed the ability in you to lead your wife, to guide her out of trouble into a mature place. And this is one of God's dreams as we restore in a loving relationship where we can go and sit at our husband's feet and say, teach me the word. I don't fully understand how to do this or how to do that. God in his wisdom has placed it in your DNA. It's already there. Once you open your heart as men and you, un you will start to unlock the secrets. The word of God says, to those who fear me, I will show the hidden secrets of my covenant. But it will take a reverence for God to come to a place where you will spend time with your wife. Put down the cell phones. Put down every other thing. This will be to your benefit. Wie van jylle kom vir my vanavond, amen sê, wie van jylle wil graag een vrou hee, wat mature is? wat nie tantrums gooi nie. En ek praat vanuit die vrou perspektief. Ek weet wat is ons weakness is. But I also discovered the answer in the word. To close down. 2 Corinthians 11, 2 says, I am jealous for you with a godly jealousy, for I promise you to one husband to present you as a pure virgin to Christ. I am afraid, however, that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may be led astray from your simple and pure devotion to God. And we come back to God's dream. 
He created marriage. It was his idea. Outside of Christ, marriage does not make sense. He wants a pure bride. How will we become the pure bride as his church? We should start in our relationship as marriage couples. We need to have a relationship. We can't just be married. We can't sleep in two rooms. We can't sit in a romantic setting staring at the light with no words for each other. It is not the heart of God. His heart is that we will grow to each other. Other. As we open our hearts, start to live in the love of God, start to walk in the light of God, and open our lives for his wisdom, a loving relationship will form, will grow, and we will become the mature church he's longing for, a virgin bride, those whose hearts and minds and lifestyle are set on him. So this is the, the message that the Lord gave to me for you tonight in Secunda. God wants you to go back. He wants you to reconnect. Reconnect with his heart. Reconnect with his love. Open the word of God. Let it become a light. His word is a light unto my feet and a lamp unto my path. And say to him, God, I need wisdom. The word of God says, if you lack wisdom, ask me. And please, there's no time. Go and study James 3, verse 17. Seven pillars of wisdom. And see what the word of God says concerning wisdom. And I pray tonight, I really pray for my heart that these three keys that God gave tonight will become a lifestyle in every life. First of all, it's us and God. It's between us and God. And then it is this way. If it's not there, it will be very hard work to connect with your heart, with your husband, your wife. It will always be work. While Holy Spirit wants to do the work. In Jesus' name. Werner, I honestly don't know what is the altar call. I want to ask you to come. I will want to pray for them. Just agree with me. Come stand here. Father, this is your people. Oh, Lord, this is your people. And you need them out there. You need healthy, loving relationships to go and fetch those broken souls in Secunda and the places where you will send us. I pray tonight, Holy Spirit, that you will touch every wedding couple, every married couple, those who are, who are still waiting for their husbands and wives as well. And Father, that you will, through your Spirit, help us to reestablish ourselves in a love walk with God. I pray that we will align ourselves with the light of the Word, align our mindsets, align our deeds, our words, our thought patterns with the light of the word of God. And I pray in Jesus Christ's name that you will pour out your spirit of wisdom tonight.
and the revelation knowledge in the Word of God, that you will give us understanding, Father, of what you want from us. Lord, I pray that not one will leave tonight, not one, without a full revelation of what will bring a loveliness into their, their relationships, a lovingness into their relationships, Father, a maturity into their relationships. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen.